1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The final edition. It's a long
2: way to This
1: is episode 300, our 300th episode. Some of those shows, including this one, have been remixes, I'm not going to lie to you. But, numerically, this is what we've got, and that's how I'm selling it. 300. So, I'm matching it up with the movie 300, which was about... war, I guess? I don't know. I didn't see it. Besides, May 8th was just the 74th anniversary of the E-Day, the end of World War II in Europe, which means we haven't had a world war in Europe in a while. We could be due. So, all the sketches this week have something to do with war and the military. This includes one of the many, many Ken Burns Civil War parodies we've done over the years. It's probably not the one we did literally just last week, but I promise nothing. This is the final edition Radio Hour.
0: Don't lay the blame on me. It's a long way to temporary. It's a long
1: way to go. And now, another adventure with the Fighting 59th,
0: the toughest platoon in World War II. All right, men, we're gonna take that hill, and not everybody's gonna make it back. So before we go, I gotta read this memo from Human Resources. HR again, Sarge? Yeah. Wasolowski? Yeah, Sarge. We're not allowed to call you a Polak anymore, and we're not allowed to tell Polak jokes neither. Good. That shit was getting on my last nerve. But what if we have a great joke about somebody stupid? Well, then you say it's about people who live one town over from wherever you happen to be standing, Jewstein? Yes. We're not allowed to call you a kike, a heeb, a yid, a Christ killer, Ikey, Jew boy. Actually, this is a pretty long list. I'll just hand it out. You guys study it on your own, okay? But I keep telling you, I am not even Jewish. I am French. And my name is pronounced Justine. And finally, uh, uh, hang on. Hey, you there, on that hill, see English?
1: A little, yeah.
0: All right, well, uh, we got a memo. We're not allowed to call you Fritz anymore. It's considered offensive.
1: But my name is Fritz.
0: Huh. Well, uh, the memo doesn't cover that. So, uh, we can't do it.
1: Well, that doesn't seem fair. I'm the real victim here, you know.
0: What are we going to do, Sarge? Huh. I'll tell you what. How about we kill him first?
3: And now, a very special serious world news report from War Reporter Toddler.
2: Dada, I'm here at the grown-up stuff. As you can see, it is bad with Stranger Danger. A constant barrage of uh-uhs and boo-boos have turned this once-ha-ha-go place into a no-no zone. Grown-up talks continue between the grown-ups and grown-ups, but with little progress toward okay happy smiles. At this point, many have worry tummy about whether one grown-ups will take ball and go home. Locals of have googled at are frowning, filled with sad monsters, Unsure if they will have enough Wawa or Num Nums to get through the Santa times. Dada that appeared to be a boom boom box very close to owie range. Going bye bye now. My name is Dylan, and I'm this many.
3: This has been a very special serious world news report from war reporter toddler. <laughs>
4: Another installment of Your Mommy Is Not Here, where you, the hapless soldier, receive helpful advice from recently disgraced sanitary requisitions officer and former Supreme Commander of European Forces... Colonel Earl Leadbottom. Thank you. You will read the first letter, please. Dear sir, sir, I recently
1: came in possession of a human jawbone during my service in Mosul. May I keep it as a souvenir?
4: Signed, Private Donuts. Dear mullet-headed nitty-jig, the Geneva Convention says it's all right to retain souvenirs of war as long as they were not forcibly taken from their owners. For example, you may not take a PW's jawbone if he does not so desire to relinquish it. However, if you find a PW who wishes to trade his or her jawbone for a pack of cigarettes or an item of similar value, that is okay. The same is true for the pelvis. Now, if you intend to send the jawbone through the mail back to your family, you must file the proper certificate. Keep in mind, federal laws prohibit private citizens from owning a complete human. And don't try to be a wise guy and get around this law by sending a ribcage through the mail one week in a skull and smile column the following week for the purpose of reconstructing your own souvenir body. Body parts will be confiscated if their combined weight is over 25 pounds. This includes desiccated penis parts. Next letter! Dear sir, sir, I fought bravely in the Iraq war for over six years and received numerous awards and earned the respect and admiration of my peers in the industry. Yet now that I desire to fight in the Syrian war, they're telling me I have to submit a whole new writing packet. What should I do? Sign, Private Kurt. Dear pestle-faced turd monkey, you will write seven pages of jokes, sketches, and ideas for which you will not be paid and submit it to The Ellen Show for perusal by a producer who cannot write fuck on a shithouse wall. Then during the following 12-month period, you will suffer the degrading humiliation of watching a steady stream of your jokes and concepts mutilated, chewed up, and splattered like diarrhea on various TV shows run by that person's production company. Finally, you will take note of how I cleverly use the tragedy of war to illustrate how writers are always treated like crap! Also, you will drop and give me 20, then run double quick time around the base with full pack!
1: Next question! Dear sir, sir, recently while on the front lines in Iraq I came across a battle souvenir in the form of a human clavicle. No one else helped me find this clavicle. I got it on my own. Now I'm not proud of the fact that I have this human clavicle. In fact, I'm ashamed to be associated with it. Frankly, it's beneath my talents considering my past experience.
4: Yet my agent wants to take 15% of it. Who's right? Signed, Private Private. Dear moon-faced pussy fart. The Geneva Convention specifically says that your agent is spending all day, every day, working only for you. He's looking for the skull cap or fibula or spinal column that's just right for his clients. Yet the fact remains, for every human clavicle out there, there are at least 50 other guys trying to get one. How do you think your agent is going to feel when he reads 13 weeks from now on the Internet Movie Database that you found a human clavicle and did not even tell him about it? Betrayed! That's how no! You call him immediately and inform him of your good fortune. And then give him two pieces of cartilage as tribute. And make sure they're still connected to the mandibular canal and back bowlers. Also, you will drop and give me twenty. Then run double quick time around the base with full back. Next question. Dear sir, sir, I recently submitted a fifteen page application to my captain for a possible promotion and was rejected. Now I fight he's using all my ideas on the battlefield. Can I sue, sir? Dear Dick Goober, Kale ain't a snatch hound. Did you sign a release? I bet you signed a release. Of course you cannot sue. Get used to seeing your crap repeated for the next 10 years on Comedy Central. Next question. Dear sir, sir. We don't have time. That's it for Your Mommy Is Not Here. In closing, in answer to a letter from Anonymous in Platoon B, just because he does not have a prostate does not mean he cannot like Adel. That is all.
3: I joined the Army Reserve because I didn't want a stable civilian life.
4: I joined the Reserve because I wanted to get overused in a series of wars that weren't really thought through.
3: I joined the Reserve because I wanted my patriotism channeled into the oil industry.
4: America is now
1: providing support against the ISIS threat against Muslim nations, but real Americans don't just want to give support. We want to send troops. Unfortunately, we don't have that many troops anymore, and the ones we have are all burnt out and weird for some reason. So if you want to go to Iraq, then Afghanistan, then Iraq again, then a quick thing in Somalia, then Guantanamo, then Iraq again, then Afghanistan again, then, I don't know, Afghanistan some more. Join the Army Reserve. America needs heroes. And we want those heroes to be you. Not us. You.
4: Support for Ken Burns, The War in Grenada is brought to you by Dr. Hugh and Vivian Wrinklepenis The Henry McGeorge and George McHenry Foundation The Ronald McDonald Crack House Anthony Scarmucci And the support of viewers who lent their spouses their credit cards like you. The conflict in Grenada changed us as a nation. It brought a lot of problems bubbling under the surface to light and raised many unanswered questions, like Where is Grenada? Also, why? The causes
1: and impact of Grenada are far felt across the country. You can hear them everywhere, from the hallowed halls of the Reagan Presidential Library to the many thriving Stormin' Norman Schwarzkopf subreddits. And for the 19 Americans who never came home and the millions more who caught a few minutes of coverage on the news in between bouts of disappointed lovemaking, it will always be The War in Grenada. To fully understand the war in Grenada, we have to go back to the beginning. On Tuesday, November 7th, 6900 BCE, Grenada broke off of the Yucatan Peninsula. The action of angry giants fighting over some cheese.
0: Yes, most islands are formed when mega or supergiants, fight over pasteurized dairy. If not the underlying cause of the war, it was definitely the underlying cause of the war.
1: And then, nothing else ever happened there until October 25th, 1983.
4: Yeah, the war in Grenada can definitely be described as the one time that something actually happened there. The entire conflict lasted three days, but for those of us who served, it felt more like two days. Uh, cause we were asleep like a third of the time. Man, like everyone has their trigger for Grenada. The thing that takes him right back. It could be the sound of
2: people quickly surrendering, the scent of medical students being burned for fuel, but for me, it'll always be the music.
1: For the entirety of the war, the number one song in America was the pointed and harrowing ballad Islands in the Stream by Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton.
0: Well, the Bee Gees wrote the song for me in the late 70s, and Dolly and I recorded it eight months before the war started. It was really just a coincidence that the title had the word island in it. To most of the
1: world, Grenada was just a minor conflict. But to the people who fought, on all sides, it will always be their minor conflict. Next week on Ken Burns' The War in Grenada, enemy combatants share their own experiences.
2: What? U.S. invaded my country in the 80s? We lost, right? There's like only 16 people on this island, and the only one with the gun is American.
0: Ah, fellas, we're getting killed out there. They're too strong. We can't beat them. What are we supposed to do? We just have to focus. Puck it. I'm sending you in. Now let's see some hustle out there. Right away, sir! Ah! There goes Puckett. Aw, oh, come on! You call that a fair play? Come on! Donnelly, Solomon, get in there! Do a Statue of Liberty followed by a Hail Mary! We can win this one! Let's, Let's go. go! Oh Aw, ah! oh, come on! Pull
4: we'll me in! I can do it!
0: No way, Melton, you're too green! You are just gonna have to stay in the trench! Think, God damn it. How can we win this thing? Uh, if I may, Captain... Coach,
4: please call me Coach! That's my point, Coach. Maybe if we start treating this like a war rather than a basketball game, we wouldn't be losing so badly. Hey, I didn't leave the
0: highest paid coaching position in the NCAA to hear some kid tell me how to run my team. But we're not a team. We're a platoon. Oh, not a team. How would your teammates like to hear that you don't consider them a team? That's treason, boy. I'm sorry, sir. That's not what I meant. Now here's what we do. We just have to get our groove back. We may be down, but we're not out. We've got to take care of the ball. Ball, sir? I mean each other's balls. Take care of each other's balls. Work together. Remember, there's no I in team. And most importantly, we just have to relax and just have to have fun out there. It's just a game. And at the end of the day, there's always next time. No, sir, there isn't a next time if we die. Treason! Langley, I'm putting you back in. But sir, my entire leg was blown off. Well, walk it off then. Come on. Let's go! Let's go! Come on! Where's your defense? Time out! Wallace, get in there! No way, sir. We don't even have guns. The only weapon you need is your mind. Can't, sir. I have family back home. Family? 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 We all have family, son. I know my methods might be unusual. I don't follow protocol or use fancy military terms, but I do know one thing, and that's how to win. You see this hand? These are five championship rings. Five times I brought a group just like yourselves, from losers to winners. It may have only been on a basketball court, but the same principles apply here. I believe in you. And the only thing stopping us from winning is you believing in yourself. All right, I'll do it. Great, and take this basketball with you. Uh, okay. Ah! Damn it! Put me in, coach. Melton, I can't. Look, you've
4: only got one shot left before this is all over, and I'm your underdog. I think this will work.
0: It goes against every coaching instinct I have. But, fine, you get in there.
4: Great, oh, also, I have a rocket launcher. Ah!
0: Damn, I love this game. Welcome to The Adventures of Captain Obvious and his band of military misfits. As our story opens, the captain wants to address a rash of suicides. Suicide can mean only one
1: thing, Sergeant. Depression. We've got to raise troop morale. You
4: think so, Captain Obvious?
1: I sure do. So let's put on a talent show. Great
4: idea, Captain
1: Obvious. Corporal punishment? Sir, yes, sir. Do you think you can somehow persuade the men to sign up for a talent show? I can get the men to do anything, sir. Because you're Corporal Punishment, so you punish the men with spankings and beatings? You got it, Captain Obvious. Hmm, and we'll need a venue. Private Shame. Yes, sir. We need to find some kind of nightclub or auditorium for our talent show. Go check around.
3: Yes, sir. I know a few places, sir.
1: Excellent. Dismissed. Sergeant, do you ever wonder about Private Shame? Sir. No, sir. Me neither. Now for the hard part. We've got to get permission from the brass. Where's the general? General maintenance. He's out changing light bulbs, sir! Oh, for crying out loud, General Maintenance is in charge of a whole division, and he's always out painting hallways and doing minor electrical
0: work. Later, in the offices of Major Headaches. Uh, Major Headaches! Major
4: Headaches!
0: Oh, seriously. Private, do you have to shout?
4: Major Headaches! I just heard that Captain Obvious is playing in a talent show that'll undermine the dignity of the whole platoon! I
0: understand, private first-class suck-up. will put a stop to it. Yes, sir! Thank you, sir! Oh, my God. So things get tough for Captain Obvious.
4: Sir! Every venue within 20 miles of the base has been shut down for health code violations, sir! Damn it. Major Headaches is causing major headaches. You got that right, Captain Obvious. Sir! What is it, private shame? There's
1: one performance space the major doesn't know about. It's a little place called... The brown hole. The brown hole? I've never heard of it. It's only used by certain people, sir. Well, good work, Private Shame. I've got a feeling you could make it to major someday,
0: even general. And so, thanks to Private Shame, troop morale was saved.
4: Nice going, Captain Obvious. The men are having a great time. And look, Private Parts is going on stage.
1: At Private Parts, nobody ever wants to work with him, but gosh darn if he isn't the best part of the show.
4: And there's general maintenance cleaning up the vomit, sir.
1: Hmm. By the way, Sergeant, I just realized I don't know your name.
4: Macmillan, sir.
1: Macmillan.
4: Yes, sir. Staff Sergeant Andrew Vincent Macmillan, sir.
1: Sergeant
0: McMillan. That sounds weird for some reason. Be here next week when we probably won't bother with another episode of The Adventures of Captain Obvious and his band of military misfits. All right, soldiers, we're coming up on the drop point. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do? Yes, sir! We'll drop down close to the enemy base and hit them with the surprise attack. Correct. Now, they aren't expecting you, so this move could hopefully give us an advantage in this war. Are you ready? Yeah! yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Kill! 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 kill.
1: Uh, there's your captain speaking. We are coming up on the drop point shortly, but in the meantime, just sit back and enjoy your flight while First Officer Hanson and I guide this vessel. <laughs>
0: sir. What was that? Uh, Don't mind him. He was a former commercial airline pilot and he just started flying for the army. Now let's get pumped up.
1: Uh, Hi again. This is your captain. Just wanted to let you know that if you look out at the left side of the aircraft, you can see some mountains and uh, some desert. Not much down there. Just lots of sand. Thanks for flying U.S. Army Airlines.
4: That's really distracting, sir. I'm trying to get in the right mindset for this jump and he can't.
1: It's your captain. Just want to let you know that uh, we have reached our cruising altitude of 35,000 feet. It's now safe to use all electronic devices, such as iPods and portable DVD
4: players. Sir, we don't even have those things. Plus,
0: I don't think anyone uses iPods or portable DVD players anymore. I know, I know. Look, a lot of people don't want to be Army pilots. It's a dangerous job. At any time, you can just be shot out of the sky. We have to take what we can get.
1: Uh, hi, crew. It's me, the captain
0: wanted to let you know
1: we'll be starting our in-flight entertainment shortly. Today's movie is Zookeeper, starring the always funny Kevin James.
4: The movie, sir, I thought we were supposed to be jumping into enemy territory soon. We are! Okay, I'm going to take care of this. I'll be right back. So, you guys ever jump out of an airplane before? Ever. No, never know. No. Okay, I'm back. Sir, permission to speak freely. Go ahead. Sir... Why are you dressed like a stewardess? And, and I know that I should say flight attendant to not be sexist, but sir, you are wearing the exact uniform that a female flight attendant would wear in the 1970s. Because it's time for the beverage service! Now
0: shut up and put your tray tables down! Uh,
1: once again, thanks for flying U.S. Army Airlines. We know you don't have a choice while being in the Army, but thanks for flying with us anyway.
0: Now drink up and jump! Oh.
3: War has broken out between every home in America and every other home in America. Our Bob Camber has a story. Bob?
4: Steve, war has been declared between your house, my house, and every other house in America, with some of those houses breaking up into even smaller houses.
3: And where is most of the fighting right now?
4: There's a lot of close fighting in the cities, but they have a lot more guns in the South. Things are particularly violent in Chicago, but... People there don't notice the difference.
3: What started the conflict, Bob?
4: From my perspective, this war began when every other house in America used hate speech against my house.
3: I don't see it that way, Bob. That's
4: the kind of hate speech I'm talking about.
3: Our Washington correspondent, Lisa Myers, is in Washington. Lisa, what's the president's strategy?
0: Secretary of State John Kerry is visiting every home in America looking for a ceasefire. But the secretary is at war with every home in America. Also, the president is fighting with the secretary, and Congress has pretty much always been at war with the president. Here's Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. We're
1: not going to ratify any treaty from this president unless it's approved by the NRA, uh, Amway, the Koch brothers, Vladimir Putin, at least three popes, not counting the current one, my wife's dentist, my hat blocker, Rasputin. I'm very tired.
0: So it looks like nothing is getting through the Capitol.
3: Any idea what caused this war?
0: Political correctness from people like you,
4: Steve.
3: Lisa, you don't even know me outside of work.
4: I'm gonna kill you, Steve.
3: Over to Mark Rollins in New York. Mark, how is this affecting the election?
4: Donald Trump is leading in all districts.
3: Well, of course.
4: Here's his statement.
3: If you look in the homes of every American, you're not the best
0: people. You're bringing drugs, you're bringing crime, you're rapists, and some of you,
3: I assume, are good people.
4: In the meantime, Ted Cruz promised to carpet bomb.
3: What's he going to carpet bomb?
4: He said he'll work that out later.
3: Thanks, Mark. Great report. I'm
4: going to kill you, Steve. Glory, glory, hallelujah!
3: In our search through the archives, the final edition ran across an old recording from one of the forgotten folk singers from the 1960s, Ramblin' Johnny Kafka. Here is a recording from 1967 in Berkeley, California, expressing an unpopular opinion about the Vietnam War. He was for it.
2: Johnny got his pistol and he went to Vietnam. He only had his high school ring and pictures of his mom He came home two years later with 10 G's and G.I. Pay So despite your pink old book reports, the war is A-OK We should listen to our leaders, we should listen to our pres. If he sends us to Thailand, we should all do what he says If you want to slam a leader who's more well-informed than you, you should shut your ugly pie-hole, you perverted commie Jew. Ten weeks of basic training is a good thing for you, son. Just wait until next century when no one has discipline. We'll teach you how to walk proud like a decent of G.I. Joe. And you won't cry for your money every time you stub your toe. We should listen to our congress. We should follow LBJ. We should get a gun and blow some snotty college punks away. We're fighting for you your ignorant opinions,
3: so go ahead
2: and cry for Uncle Stalin and his minions. With industry and agriculture stalled by recent war, Vietnam has resources that we should be dying for, like a bamboo rubber compound for a strong synthetic rope. Or a grain B lime deposit that we use in making soap. Saigon is just two thousand miles away from Honolulu. If we'd gone this off with of Africa, we'd all be speaking Zulu. If you think you run a better war, I'd like to see you try. You stink, you evil Bolsheviki faggy-wristed spy
1: So, all that was written by Barry Lank, Alex Schmidt, Jim Earl, Ben Kirshner, Gil Barron and Gene Augusto I think, or possibly Keith Saltojanes. It was performed and improvised by all those people, plus Dominique DeBell, Jeff Hendrick, Steve Rosenfield, Candice Martellaro, Samantha Gerwitz, John Gutierrez, Miko Dapron, Kate Signala, and Bridget Fitzgerald. It was all produced and engineered by Barry Lank, with help at the UBN Go Studio, by the mighty, mighty Kurt Carlson, lots of music from, of course, Kevin McLeod, but also assorted military bands. Next week, to mark our 300th anniversary properly, each writer gets one sketch on the show.
2: Good night!
3: Once a farmer, always a jay, and farmers always stick to the hay. Mother, Ruben, I'm not
4: bacon, so you may think it's strange, but
2: wine and women play the mischief with a boy who's looked with shame. How you gonna keep them down on the farm?